Listen, there's a great work to be done. As soon as you win this court battle, you must deliver this message. Take advantage of this opportunity and declare a powerful message to this world. He expects more of us. He believes we can do more. Who's going to stop Christ? Who's going to stop Christ from getting this work done? This is Behind the Work. Welcome to Behind the Work. I'm Grant Turgeon. In summer, intolerable closeness. In winter, unendurable cold. All the floors were rotten. Filth on the floors, an inch thick. One could slip and fall. We were packed like herrings in a barrel. There was no room to turn around. From dusk to dawn, It was impossible not to behave like pigs. Fleas, lice, and black beetles by the bushel. This is how 19th century writer Fyodor Dostoevsky described his four-year stay in a Siberian labor camp barracks. Now, this man was trapped in this labor camp for the so-called crime of reading books that the government didn't like. That's all he did. And he was subjected to four long years of forced labor. But not only that, When he was released from the labor camp, he also had to join the Russian army for another six years. And he had to go through the military drills and experience more hard trials. What an experience that must have been. Yet, his example is one that God's work today has drawn upon. It is an example that we have looked at and gained inspiration from. It actually relates directly to the work of the Philadelphia Church of God today. In an article from January, February 2001 in the Royal Vision magazine, PCG Pastor General Gerald Flurry and Mr. Joel Hilliker wrote, The people Dostoevsky had met in prison were among the best people in Russia, victims of a system gone wrong. Spending time with them changed his thinking about his fellow countrymen. It restored his love for them. So there's the lesson. This article titled Astonishing Growth. Dostoevsky 
had hard trials. And as a result of those trials, he learned to love those who were suffering. He could empathize. He could feel the pain of the common people, the oppressed. As a result of this experience, Dostoevsky, according to the Encyclopedia Britannica, rejected the condescending attitude of intellectuals who wanted to impose their political ideas on society and came to believe in the dignity and fundamental goodness of common people. That is a striking parallel to God's work today and the supporters of God's work today. A huge reason why we supported the late archaeologist Dr. Alot Mazar was because she spoke directly to the common people, the common Jews, the everyday people. She wanted her discoveries that proved the authority of the Bible to reach the common people. She did not care about what the elites thought about her work. The elites who despise the rest of us. God's work wants to reach the lowly, the people with the humility to actually listen. God's work does not just push a political idea on listeners. Intellectuals have a lot of flowery ideas. And yet, generally, they are detached from the effects of their ideas. I remember years ago, the writer Ann Coulter described these wealthy liberals in America as people playing chess where the pawns on the chessboard are everyday people. They know that they are above being affected by the policies they support. And they do not care what happens to the common people. In chess, you commonly sacrifice the pawns for the supposed good of your unit, your team. And that is the attitude that so many elites and intellectuals have toward everyday people. Just disdain and contempt. Fyodor Dostoevsky learned all about this. He learned from hard experience the real truth. He knew which ideas would actually help people and which ideas would hurt people. Again, this is so much like God's work where we strive to think about how the suffering must be thinking. What are those in this world who are suffering thinking about? What are they going through? 
What kind of hope do they need? How much love do those people need? That is why this experience for Fyodor Dostoevsky was so valuable. He connected with the common people through those four years in that Siberian labor camp. God's work connects with the common people. It's a message that God must reveal to people's minds. There's no way that anyone could understand God's truth otherwise. But it is a message of real compassion. You hear people talk about compassion all the time. And yet, by their actions, you know they're not compassionate. The people who lock everyone down are not affected by it. They are not losing their jobs and their income and their livelihood and their businesses. They act like they care, and yet they do a million times more damage than any of the so-called help that they provide. They are not putting themselves in the positions of the people they affect, the common people, the everyday people. And look at the destruction that ensues. The whole world is being destroyed by these lockdowns right now. We are seeing the rapid advancement of communism in nations where people probably never could have imagined this type of thing happening. Who would have thought that the nation of Australia would have fallen like this? Apparently, authorities are testing out an app where anytime the government texts you, you must respond within 15 minutes with a snapshot of your face, with a background to the picture that proves that you are still in your house. You have to be in your house and you have to take a picture to prove it. You can't even leave your house in Australia without the government's permission. Are the people imposing these types of rules even abiding by those rules? Are they thinking about the people they're hurting? Are they in any way sympathizing with the common people? That is a huge reason why you and I have trials. It forces us to think about those who are suffering. We realize that, yes, our trials might be hard, but they're producing God's character in us. And the trials that people in the world are experiencing, people without the hope that we have, are so much worse. There are people out there that are really miserable and that have it a whole lot worse than we do. And we understand that. We've experienced trials, and we also know what the Bible says about the coming suffering. It's going to get a lot worse than it is right now. And constantly, this work is motivated by that suffering, 
by the people out there who don't have any hope, who don't have any positive future vision, people out there who are not loved. And we want to reach every one of them according to God's timing. God will reach out to them at the right time when they are most ready to receive his truth. But what good would God's truth do for anybody if it were clear that the people speaking the truth didn't care about the listener, didn't care about the plight of the everyday man or woman? What if we just got on TV or radio or wrote articles for these various publications and websites where we might just surface quote a couple scriptures and complete the assignment to feel good about ourselves without even thinking about the impact we could have on the hearts and minds of people out there who need this. This truth is a lifeline. It is a shining light in the darkness of this world. People need it. And everyone who supports God's work is a part of delivering that message. God reveals truth through one man, and that one man delivers that message today with great power, and he has overwhelming support from thousands of people who care about the suffering going on in the world. We care, and we yearn for the day when suffering will cease. And your Bible says that it will. So going back to this example of Dostoevsky in this Siberian labor camp, he learned how to love his fellow countrymen through the suffering that he experienced. Through the trials that we experience, we learn how to love the entire world we realize that it could be a lot worse, and it is a lot worse for those in the world, for those who have not heard this message, for those who do not believe in God and his involvement and intervention in world events, for those who do not know what the future holds beyond the coming suffering, for those who have no idea that a wonderful world tomorrow is on the way that Jesus Christ is about to return and he will comfort the abused and oppressed. Those who are in need will be satisfied. Minds that have been scarred by unspeakable atrocities in the coming tribulation will be healed by God's truth. Everyone who needs a hug will get a hug. And so much more. Lives will be changed. Lives will be repaired in the wonderful world tomorrow. And doing this work today is just a small part of preparing for that future. Yes, a few people, a relative very small amount of people, 
will respond to this message today and escape the suffering that is right around the corner. But the main impact of the work will be during the tribulation and after the tribulation. In that Siberian labor camp, Dostoevsky was focused on his work. He kept on writing. He kept on honing his craft. Before going into this labor camp, he wrote a novel titled Poor Folk that was somewhat successful. Yet everything after that was a failure. He was torn apart by the critics. And then, as if it could get any worse for him, it actually did. He read the wrong books and got thrown in a labor camp and would have gone insane if he hadn't been able to focus on his work in the evenings. So he'd do the hard labor all day, and then he'd pour his whole mind and spirit into writing. And you know what? His talent experienced astonishing growth. That's right. From those trials, Dostoevsky experienced astonishing growth. 1 Peter 4 verse 12 says, Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you as though some strange thing happened unto you. God's people also go through trials and it should not be abnormal to us. We should not be surprised when trials come. The fiery trials will be there. And we will be in that furnace. We will be smelted. We will be beaten fine by those trials. And we will come out of it experiencing astonishing growth. And learning how to love the world even more. Just like Dostoevsky did. He learned how to love his fellow countrymen even more because of his suffering. He remained positive in that labor camp by focusing on his work. And just like this article, Astonishing Growth, from the January, February 2001 Royal Vision points out, we also remain positive by focusing on our work. Dostoevsky devoted everything he had to his writing while in prison. It was physical labor by day, mental labor by night. And he was given hope in prison camp, in labor camp, by his life's purpose, which was to write which was to reach people with his message. 
This article says he learned from his trials, drew upon his experiences, and channeled them to enrich his work. He experienced astonishing growth. We too can experience astonishing growth by going through hard trials. And that's why we are commanded in the Bible to rejoice in hard trials. Trials in, in some ways should almost make us giddy because we're thinking about the ways that these trials will improve us. Our lives will actually be better if we take and use the lessons from those trials. Trials are a huge blessing if we think about them the right way. God expects astonishing growth from us. And you could also say astonishing love for the world, for the people who are suffering, for the common man, and yes, even for the tyrants, even for the criminals who are causing so much of the suffering. Every human being is a potential child of God and can be a part of his spiritual family one day. So it's not just the common people. We even hope to reach the elites, those who look down on us, those who do not love others or think about the way their decisions impact others. They have to be reached by the truth as well. At the end of his life, Dostoevsky completed his greatest work, The Brothers Karamazov. I wrote this book for the few, he wrote in a letter to a friend, and I consider it the culminating point of my work. This article, Astounding Growth, comments on this quote, can we have similar focus regardless of trials and setbacks we may have? Our work too is for the few at this time. But do we have the vision of one day bringing our message to the world? The key to enduring with patience every trial and emerging at the end with astonishing growth, settling for nothing less, is to keep your focus on God's work. Summon your greatest effort to do so. No work is more important. Thanks so much for listening today. I'm Grant Turgeon. This has been Behind the Work. You've been listening to Behind the Work. Email your thoughts to comments at kpcg.fm. Listen for a new episode each Monday at 12 p.m. Central Time 